art and bold spit podcast. You are now rocking with the best. Art and bold spit podcast. Art and bold spit podcast. We are here back with it. Yo, yo, yo. Episode 84 of the Art MBS podcast, the podcast by artists for artists and art lovers. I'm your host from the West Coast. Let's get some housekeeping out the way, y'all. Shout out to the cats over on Spotify holding us down. Hit that follow. You know what I mean? Keep them notifications on so you can see when we post, you know who doing the most. Cats over on Apple, hit that five star. Leave that review because you know we battling in them algorithms against, you know what I'm saying, all types of cats. We ain't giving them no airplay over here. You know it's really popping. Listeners on the web, I see you. Keep holding it down over on this miscellaneous apps. You know we appreciate all of that. And last but not least, Four cats over on Patreon. Stay six feet apart. Keep that hand sanitizer on deck. You know it's really popping. Let's get some announcements in, man. But first off, wait, where the plugs at? You need some stickers. You need some vinyl. All of that good stuff. Hit up Danny Gamble over Wild Style Signs. He got you WildStyleSigns.com. Take your artwork to the next level, man. Hit up Nigel and put a badikin on that bitch. All your framing needs. He'll take care of it. He let me hold them casinos like a surrogate. Best believe it, guys. Got some cassettes up in here. Still got that tabernacle, man. I took a little sabbatical, but we here. You know what I'm saying? And I got a. I can't even tell y'all why I got it, man. You I might have sneaked that one up on you. You ain't even ready. It's too deadly. But yo, announcements. We still got books for sale. We still got joints on the Teespring. We still got paintings. And I'm actually uh, compiling uh, a series of small joints. So put your quarters up. You know what I'm saying? We got some announcements. This is going to be announced soon. So yeah, we are here. Episode 84 of the Art MBS podcast, man. You saw me just get out of the whip. I mean, it. I mean, mm-hmm, we here. Yep, you know who it is, the host from the West Coast. You know what I'm saying? It's your world. I'm just a podcast cat trying to get a episode and stack them through the winter. So, next thing we do, you guys know what's happening. It's time for me to get my record right. We got all over the map on this one. We might have to hit Denver up, but you know what? We start in Seattle, you know what I'm saying? And we're just going to keep this joint, um, you know what I'm saying, on point. Get my record right, man. Take it up to the 206, you know, because uh, I was out there for a second, man. Seattle, what up? Art and bullshit you know what I'm saying? You might have seen me holding it down in front of the Maharaja. You know what I'm saying? You wasn't with me. You know what I'm saying? Shouts to all the, all the luxurious ladies from Bellevue. You know what I'm saying? Redmond. You know what I'm saying? 206 253 425. You know, Federal Way was popping. Tacoma was good. South End, I see you. You know what I'm saying? Back in the days, I used to be on Catfish Corner just, yo, let me get some extra sauce. Art, art, art and bullshit podcast. Where all my cats, you know what I'm saying? Pour it up. Sip it if you got it. Young Breve, where you at? Cats keeping the halal drinking macchiatos, where you at? Art and Vibe with me, Seattle summers, you know what I'm saying? 
You might have seen me with a bunny, a bumper shoe. You know what I'm saying? Prowling across the stage. It's a new age. Podcast family, what up? It all happens when we Where my painters at? Keep that perspective on point. Smoke it if you got it, drink it if you got it. You know what I'm saying? We's out here. Disrespectful with the grab a leaf. Post Miami. Deep inside your mind, paint a picture. Echo through the time like a scripture. Big J, where you at? You know what I'm saying? We just up here catching one. All these March episodes for you. Feel good episodes. Might go to the moon on this one. Might talk about some, you know what I'm saying, museum exhibitions on this one. Ladies, where you at breaking hearts and breaking pockets? Art and Gold Fit Podcast. Let's get some drops in here. Art and Gold Fit Podcast. Art and Gold Fit Podcast. Yeah, man. Just let them know you were rocking with the best, man. Get some more Seattle talking. West Seattle is popping. Westwood, where you at? White Center, stand up. Big J, we ain't even gonna talk about Mercer Island, man. The vows are sealed, really. <laughs> oh, man. Trice is sealed on them. T sick, what up? You know what I'm saying? Deuce four block, what up? UBSK was popping. This March, you know what I'm saying? Get some, you know what I'm saying? Nah, we, we get it. We gotta give it up for the ladies, man. Because <sighs> ladies really, what they talking about, man. They, yeah, it's funny because every time I'm trying to see what's up, all these ladies are talking about is one thing. What's the matter? Is he drunk? Art and Goldfit Podcast. Art and Goldfit Podcast. Art and Goldfit Podcast. Mm-hmm. Rock with me, y'all. Let's catch you on on this one. You know what I'm saying? You have to blow something down. Ladies, where you at stacking them bags? Holding it down, spring break, man. What was popping with you?
Art and Bullshit Podcast. Yeah, man, you know what I'm saying? This joint take me back. You know what I'm saying? Back when I was on some Skyway shit. Let me talk about it. Ladies across the bridge, you was popping, man. Bellevue, we was out there. Tearing it up. You know what I'm saying? Northgate. You know what I'm saying? Me and Jason Profond was tearing it up. Shout out to the Apple Store Northgate for holding us down. Art and Bullshit Podcast. might have seen me posted outside chop suit you know what I'm saying holding it down drinking Long Island's over at new you know what I'm saying bouncers tripping off me for scrolling weed up in the bathroom you know it's really popping art and bullshit podcast home man we gotta take him home on this one I'm gonna take y'all back with something hard Take him home. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Take him home with something. Uh, yo, mm. look, look. Art and Bullshit Podcast. Yeah. Art and Bullshit Podcast. 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 Yo, it's fiends and drug dealers behind my curtains and blinds. On this road to riches, I watch my drive turn into flights. On my road to riches, the cops always searching my ride. They don't find nothing, just violate my personal rights. He ain't a hustler, he the burglar type. Go head box, got a Glock that hit harder than Roberto and Mike. You are now rocking with the best. Caught a case and watched the racist judge serve him a life. Sent them away and afterwards he playing tennis with his lawyer. My man go to prison, I handle the business. For you. If you got a girl that's innocent, then enjoy you. I wanted a Janet, but I ended up with a toy. Before you plant the money tree, you gotta find a seed. We the best in the entire league. I inspired Rock with me. You and company cars was popping. You at the easel. Let's get it. You on spring break? Let's kick it. You on spring break? Let's kick it. You on spring break? Let's kick it. You 
don't bury hatchets unless I bury the body with it. And I don't carry ratchets unless I'm clapping somebody with it. Y'all niggas' guns don't work like it's out of business. I leave my oppositions hopping fences. No need for doctor visits. Niggas dying at a high percentage. Fuck the fame, we only plot for riches. We did anything to get a pot to piss and fuck the consequences. Often imitated, never duplicated, consistently emulated. Before you paint a money tree, you gotta find a seed. We the best in the entire league. I inspired G's and built the empire all fire trees. Survival of the fittest grew amongst the dying breed. I plant the seed, now all my niggas can climb a tree. We playing chess, it's hard to move till you find Ladies, a queen. Where you at? And for a hater, I keep a broom like it's time to sweep. Say I might give you a quick 16 or something. I ain't even gonna art and bold fit podcast. I'm not gonna hold you. First time listeners, we appreciate you guys coming out. Returning family members, you you know what's popping, man. You know where the snacks are at. You know what's popping with the refrigerator. Leftovers is there, man. Quit stealing my lighters. You guys, we have problems. And also, whoever keeps drinking the juice and putting the carton back, I want smoke. Art and Bullshit Podcast. Art and Bullshit Podcast. Art and Bullshit. You are now rocking with the best. Art and Bullshit Podcast. Welcome, you guys, back to another episode of the Art and BS Podcast, the podcast by artists, for artists, and art lovers. I think it's episode 84, man. We're kicking it in day late. Not a day late in the dollar short, man. We're hitting you guys. You know, it's March. The women are kicking in. We have a whirlwind of women, you guys, coming through. You read the description. You've seen the cover art. You know who is in the building, man. So here's what we're going to do, because you guys, we're we're over here. We're we're in extra. Usually I give you four episodes a month, but man, we're we're in overtime. We're we're doing bonus, man. Um, So get excited. This is going to be a fantastic episode. You might have seen the guest, man. Listen, selected group shows, selected solo shows, all types of things. You might have seen this guest 2018, the winter collective group exhibition over in Huntingdale, Hollandale Beach, Florida. Man, it's, it's a long day out here on the West Coast. You know how we're doing it. Everything from uh, shows in Mercer Island to uh, Pomona, California. Now calling in from the great state of Colorado. Hold on, man. Listen, let's get some air horns. So I want you guys to give a warm round of applause for our next guest, Aaron Milan. We're just getting it, getting to it, Aaron. How you doing? <laughs> hey, James. So good to be here. Thank you. Thanks for, for having out. me. Thank you. It's an honor and a privilege. So you're you're out there. You're in Colorado, right? Yes. Okay, so yeah. we, we're just going to get to it. We're we're getting straight in because you know the guests, they're sit the 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 guests, the listeners, they're like, "Yo, James, what's up with the episode?" Usually drops on Monday. I'm getting like threats from the Art and BS family, you know. <laughs> so we need to know, Aaron, what was your first memory seeing art? Um, hmm. So I I'm pretty sure that 
my parents had um, like an Andrew Wyeth print um, uh. that hung above our piano. Um, and I think it was like, I actually have tried to find it before and I can't, I'm, I'm not sure exactly which one it was, but it was like an old White House in a dreary field, you know, very Wyeth. Mm-hmm. Um, and I sit and play the piano and look at that. Um, and then I think the first artist that like, this is kind of cheesy actually, but you know, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. The first artist that knocked my socks off was, um, Van Gogh. And I'm pretty sure I saw it someplace really goofy, like on a calendar or a mug or something like mm-hmm. starry night. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, what, what is this? <laughs> um, I grew up in a super small town in Kansas and they're just like visual art, painting art was not a big part of like our cultural lexicon. Um, you know, so it took me a while to, to get into, to get into it. Okay. So that's interesting. Does the creative gene run in your family? That's a good question. Um, I mean, I guess like the simple answer is no. Um, my parents, neither one of them are visual artists, although I think they both draw okay. You know, okay. they draw pretty well. Um, How about like carpentry they, or anything like that? Woodworking? You know, my mom is a good, um, she used to sew. She used to do these big like cross-stitch project, projects. Mm. Um, so she's pretty good with that. And she was good at all those like um, creative household things that ladies in the Midwest in that time, you know, were allowed to do like wallpapering, um, and decorating and stuff like she was always great at stuff like that. Mm. Um, they both, they were both into the humanities in general. So like they read a ton and listened to a lot of music. Um, and they, what were they bumping? They... <laughs> well, they did, um, we listened to all sorts of stuff. Like I remember driving around um, with my sisters and, and my dad's truck listening to Garth Brooks, like all the okay, okay. top of our lungs. But they also, um, they were like season ticket holders at the Wichita Symphony for a long time. And, mm. you know, it took, like they used to play like Broadway stuff. They loved Miss Saigon. Um, yeah, just kind of, kind of a big range. My mom loved James Taylor okay. <laughs> and then Seal later. <laughs> Ooh, Kiss from a Rose was my joint. You know what? This is okay. Well, let's just like get real personal and possibly inappropriate right away. <laughs> let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> my folks got divorced when I was in middle school, and my mom remarried this great guy. <laughs> but we always knew that when we heard Kiss from a Rose from their bedroom, they were having their fun time. <laughs> <laughs> so Art I, I mean, that, that is all I associate that song with to this day when I hear it. Oh, wow. That's like knocking the boots by H-Town, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. That's classic. Classic. Yep, yep. Yeah. So, it's, it's, so I'm curious. You talked about like plays and things. What were some of your favorite plays that you attended? Um, you know, like every kid who was into music theater at all, Les Mis was everything to me, like in high school. Um, honestly, still to this day, I listen to it at least once a year. Um, my dad took me to a trip to New York City. He used to, he did this. I have three sisters. Mm-hmm. He took each of us on a solo trip to New York City when we were 14. Um, 
and we saw my dad and I saw Phantom of the Opera. So mm. you know, I liked Andrew Lloyd Webber. Um, I liked Miss Saigon too. I don't have a very like cool list of things I was into. <laughs> I mean, brought Phantom of the Opera. You're the first guest on the show this week. We're talking, man. Come on, we here. <laughs> it was really meaningful to me, you know. Yeah. Especially. Mm -hmm. I hear it. I'm, I'm into it. I'm into it. So now where do you fall in the sibling structure? You the oldest? You the youngest? I'm the oldest. And I am the boss. <laughs> mm, okay. Okay. So now... Your younger sisters, do they, they dabble in art or they or no, no, or what's popping? That's a good question, too. Um, I think we all like just drew our heads off as kids, like mm -hmm. we were just drawing all the time. Did you grow up this way? This is something that I always thought every single kid did, like they just were drawing all the time. Um, and then even when I had kids, my you know, my kids do it. But then I started seeing, like, my mom friends, their kids, they're like, yeah, they don't really like to draw. You know, they'd rather be doing Lego or whatever. But were you, because you're an artist, you're painters. Did you draw a ton? Is that just the thing that artists did? Uh, okay. That's a great question. Wow. It's, and you know, it's not often guests hit me with questions. So, okay, let me get out of it. Okay. So we're switching hats. Uh, you know what? Honestly, my childhood, when I think about drawing, I have a really like a wacky relationship with drawing because I didn't really draw when okay so in elementary school it was more like a a competitive thing with a friend who was like a natural kind of illustrator and I wanted to oh, draw man. as well so my dad yeah so my dad he would draw and it was like okay well then I would see him draw things around the house and then so I was like seeing my friend draw he would draw pictures of us or like were you from street fighter so then my the, my <laughs> thing was was okay i can only draw things i can look at so i would open up like a uh, game pro it was a video game Same. magazine and i would draw uh -huh. like earthworm gym you know and i would spend all day yeah. drawing like earthworm and then come to school and be like look what i did and it was like oh wow that's cool you know so that was <laughs> that was kind of my relationship and then from there i got into graffiti and then um, after like along from like, you know, mid teens until early mid 20s, we'll say. And then from there, I started getting into fine art. So that's kind of my entrance into this stuff. But you were like a maker for forever. Yeah. Well, I was always doing something creative. Like I would like rap yeah. or like, you know, like graffiti was all yeah. like it was kind of like a big part of, of what I did. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Totally. Um, so yeah, so yeah, um, my sisters, they, they were like that. None of them are doing it right now, mm -hmm. but they're all really creative. Um, they're just, yeah, they're cool. But I'm kind of the only one who, I'm definitely the only one who has like a career in arts, um, and who just like, was like, yeah, this is what I'm doing and then did it. <laughs> right, right. So at what point did you realize like, I have something here? Huh. Um, I mean, definitely like by elementary school, probably like similar to when you come in with your drawings and people would give you attention and be like, whoa, you know, I think I probably had moments like that early on. Um, and then I, in high school, I, I won a few competitions, Golden Key Awards. Have you ever heard of that? What is that? Scholastic Art Awards? That's Award hard. TV? No, I have and not, that, but that like, just sounds hard. 
Well, it was cool. Like um, they had actually, I remember they did, they had a part of the Wichita Art Museum, which is just a, it's a small space. I actually haven't been there in a million years, so I don't know how it's doing these days, but I was living in Wichita. It, it wasn't super impressive. Aaron, do you have AirPods were, on? Hold on, hold on. We got to Hold on. We got to pause the story. Do you have AirPods on? No Let's, worries. Because you're going into a can and out of a can. Oh, I'm sorry. That's frustrating. I'm like, what? Let what me, are we uh, doing here? We're like, <laughs> um, it's like you're putting okay. on a helmet, like a space helmet, and talking. <laughs> That's not going to be good for a podcast. <laughs> um, I don't have them on. Let me pop them in, and we'll see if that's any better. You want to do that? Let's try. Okay, hold on. There's one no sec. harm. Yeah, they know we we definitely we operate in real time here. Okay, so, how's that? Is that better? Yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. That's a little better? Okay. Yeah, let me adjust you a little bit. Boom, okay. Ooh. Maybe it was a spot I was sitting into in my studio. Holler at me if that happens again. Yeah, 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 <laughs> definitely. Yeah, we're going to get this straight. We're going to get dialed in. Yeah, we get you got you guys know I, we got on the phone, talked about the weather, and then... um. That was basically it. We we went in. There was no sound check. We didn't, you know, there, we didn't kick it. There was no cake and lemonade, no nothing. We were just, we're dialed in. Um, so really quick, because we're, we're still on the art right now. So the, the Golden Key Awards, right? Yeah. So the art museum, like the big art museum in Wichita, they would dedicate like a wing or whatever to the people who won and you get to have your art hanging there for, I don't know, a month or so. It was really cool. And I remember, th- I remember thinking at the time, like, man, these high schoolers are just like so much more interesting than the, like the fancy paintings that they've got on the wall. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so how old were you at the time? Yeah, that was high school. So, um, you know, I think I, I think I got to be in a couple of those shows over the years in high school. So you just, do you ever just walk around and then people talk to you about art and you're like, yeah, I did my first museum show when I was in high school. I mean, you're out here, you're trying to chase ambulances. That's cute. You know what? That's actually pretty funny that you say that because um, I haven't thought of those awards for years mm-hmm. and I tend to be the opposite. Like, I don't know if it's imposter syndrome or just general insecurity but i'm pretty much always feeling like oh professionally i'm a failure <laughs> so i need to remember that on those days to be like hell no i was in a museum at age 15 mm-hmm, right that's <laughs> like that you're heavy generator for real heavy generators are in the building man <laughs> oh that's funny. for real for real so okay so boom, 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 Golden Key Awards, right? So then at that point, were you looking at higher education, ateliers? How did you figure out like where you wanted to uh, go to college for art? How did that all, you know, come into place? Yeah, um, at that point, I, um, I, I was thinking, I was trying to decide between um, writing and art. Mm-hmm. Um, I also did a lot of music, but I think by that point I'd realized like, like I'm like I could do okay at music in high school, but I'm not good enough to take it to the next level. So wait, were you so, playing an instrument? Yeah, I played piano for years and then flute and in, in a lot of different like in my high school band and then a couple different 
wind ensembles in the city, um, which was great. I mean, marching band was just the best thing I've ever done in my life. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I did play, I did play flute in college, um, but it was just, you know, because I loved it, not because I was trying to make it my career. Wait, what was that movie with Michael B. Jordan and he played the drums? Was it like that? Remember? Oh my gosh. I haven't seen, I know the, is it, wait, was that one Drumline? Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. I couldn't handle watching that movie because I would just pass out because I think drum lines are the most awesome thing in the world. (laughs) 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 Um, But yeah, I mean, it was a little bit like that. Like marching bands are big in the Midwest. Uh, Meaning they're big in a lot of places, but they were for sure big in the Midwest. So we got to play a lot and compete. And I was the drum major my senior year, which meant I got to stand up on the ladder and conduct. (laughs) It was, it was fun times. So, so, so hold on, wait, you can't just floss on us like that. So you mean to tell me in, in within the same few years, you was up on the ladder leading the whole joint and then you was also in a museum. Oh, yeah. I mean, okay, so to, there were three drum majors and I was not the head drum major, but I was one of them. And that was, yeah, that was awesome. A captain, right? Yeah. I'm up on the ladder. You see me conducting (laughs) yeah y'all over there with the clarinets y'all messing up that's right (laughs) no you could you can't you can't hear the clarinets they can do whatever they want ouch (laughs) shout out to all the clarinet players totally totally and it's so bad because like clarinets are like the dorks of the band already so and i'm talking on it <laughs> oh man. Oh, now, as long, as long as you have your drum line, your percussion, and your trumpets mm. in sync, then you're good. That's okay. all you really need. The key players. <laughs> the key players. I hear it. I hear it. Oh, man. So, we covered a lot of art. We're going to get to that in a second, but let's get to some of the bullshit, Aaron. All right. Okay. So, I like it. I yeah. love that's the name of your podcast, by the way. We were chatting a little bit on Instagram when I told you that. But it's like the perfect, it's the perfect name for a podcast. It's like the most interesting stuff to talk about in any conversation. If you can talk about art and some BS, yeah. it's going to be good. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Well, that, and that's the whole thing, because, you know, if we're not laughing or learning, we should be doing something else, right? Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, so. I I originally started this question with the analogy of a poker game, but the ladies don't seem to like the poker game sort of thing. So you have a chance to host a dinner party. How about that? Right. Dinner party. (laughs) And you you get to invite five people dead or alive. Who are those five people? Oh, man. All right. Well, okay. First of all, if it's a dinner party, I don't want to cook for it. Can no, I have uh, a catered. Uh, yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. All right. Because otherwise, I'm going with poker. <laughs> no, a dinner party. That's good. Um, that's kind of a tough question. Okay. Okay. I would invite the first person I invite is um, Taika Waititi. He. Do you know him? I don't. He's, <laughs> He's he's a New England actor and director. He directed Thor Ragnarok. Mm. He was in the original What We Do in the Shadows. He's just like crazy interesting and sexy and the best. <laughs> <laughs> you, 
he would be number one. Okay, okay. And, and then I guess the other four don't really matter. Um, <laughs> <We> got- <laughs> no, let me think. Let me think about this. Um, you know, let's see. Okay, let's go through the literature. Maybe like Charlotte Bronte wrote Jane Eyre, which is one of my favorite books. I think she would be really interested. I'd like to ask her how she did those, you know, did the accomplishments she did during that time period, which was a real tough time to be making art as a woman. Um, actually, along that line, maybe Artemisia Gentileschi, her work, she did that. Her famous one is, um, I'm just forgetting it, Judith Slain Holofernes. Do you know that painting, that one I'm talking about? I'm gonna, No, I'm going to have to Google that one right now. You, Yeah, Google it. It's like, so she was like a Renaissance female painter. And it's an old Bible story where Judith cuts off this guy's head, Holofernes, and oh, saves shit. her. Oh, that's hard. But like, yeah, right? That's and hard. Her, yeah, and a lot of people painted that scene, but Artemisia Gentileschi's is just brutal it's like super bloody yeah the blood's running down the mattress and everything exactly exactly her maid is like holding this guy you just just they yeah yeah. nah these ladies ain't no joke they with the they with all the smoke (laughs) they they did it's like they got a chance to say something they had to say it loud right they get to do it again um maybe van gogh you know, going back to my very first, like, calendar, you know, cheesy, starry night, I, that guy, I would like, I feel like if he came to your dinner party, I don't, I don't know what I'm saying this based on. I haven't mm-hmm. studied him a lot. Mm-hmm. I feel like he would just, like, sit quietly for most of it, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, Taika would be talking a mile a minute over him, making amazing jokes, and then Van Gogh would just be, like, drinking his wine, soaking it in. And See, I feel like you have to tell him to get the fuck out. You have, you <laughs> gotta go. You gotta go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he's off I that mean, absinthe. Come, nah, I mean, like, nah, you, you doing well, stuff. Well, seriously, like, maybe if you caught him on the wrong end of his, or the right end, maybe, of his emotional swings... Yeah, I could see him being either like pretty gentle and quiet and thoughtful or maybe crazy. Oh, no, you good for the first two hours of the party. But as soon as you whip that (laughs) cheesecake out, you know what I'm saying? Oh, no, that's that's when all of the spiciness comes. Oh, yeah, you (laughs) Van Gogh, this dude, he's cool, he's cool. That's good. (laughs) Okay, okay, okay. Did I get that? Did you say four? Did I get four? We got We need five. We need a fifth. We need five. Okay, good, good, good. I want an astronaut for the fifth. Ooh. I don't care which one. Like Jim Lovett, Buzz Aldrin, um, one of the ladies who hasn't gotten to go to the moon yet. I don't really care which one. I don't know enough to pick a good one. But I want like an ast- I want like a space guy for my last lap. Or mm. girl. All right. There we go, right? There we go. Yeah, you have. You definitely got a long choice. Um, <laughs> okay, that's good stuff. So moving on. So now let's talk. We got to go back, man, because you, you hit me with the 206 area code. We got to talk Seattle. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, I went to school in near L.A. at Azusa Pacific University. And I met my husband, Joe, there. Um, and then when we graduated, he's from Colorado. I was from Kansas. 
And both of us were like, we don't want to go back to the middle of the country. And I was like, I don't want to stay in LA. Um, so we sort of were like, let's try the Northwest. Um, and we lived up in Anacortes for a couple of years. And then we moved down into Seattle and we lived there like, I think 14 years, a really long time. Um, I don't, I don't miss the weather in Seattle, but it's a, (laughs) I hate to say that too, because you know, everyone, when we were moving, everyone told me like, Oh, you're going to hate it all the rain. And I like inclement weather in general. I like dreary days, but it's too much there. So it's one of those times where I have to be like, yeah, you guys were all right. I thought I was cool Mm. enough to deal with the rain and I wasn't, but um, yeah, no, Seattle's a, great place it's a wonderful city and i have a lot of friends there that i still miss yeah and and you were out there during like so we're like you got stories about bumper shoot you got stories of bite of seattle you got you know you got that kind of talk (laughs) or what a little bit a little bit we i did one experience in bumper shoot just once i got to go Mm -hmm. um and that was pretty fun that was that's great um you know the thing i miss right now is so is that I've missed this year, this pandemic year. Um, Seattle has all these celebrity chefs who own little restaurants and some of them will own like a couple different restaurants over town. And they're so, so fucking good. And I used to go with my girlfriends just once or twice a month. I mean, whenever we just pick one and we'd like Uber down there and eat just crazy, amazing food and drink wine and talk and be in the city you know mm-hmm. and it was just like took it for granted at the time um and now that i've been eating you know crap i've had to fix for myself or doordash <laughs> for a year <laughs> I, I miss it so bad <laughs> and i don't know i haven't really gotten a chance to figure out if denver has some great places i mean surely they must but i felt like that was something that was really the Seattle had super going for it. Yeah, the food is the food is ridiculous out there. It's good, like fresh seafood. Um, yeah, yeah. I've been craving. It's random. I've been craving steak tartare, which mm. is something I've only eaten like once or twice in my life. And mm-hmm. I, but it's like all I can think about these days for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah. So, what you like? Is there more low with that, or what were you drinking with some steak tartare? Yeah, like I'm not, a, I don't know enough about wine to really say, but I would do a red wine. I'd probably ask like the waiter to recommend something. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, you know. So, now when's the last time you've been back to Seattle? Um, We went and visited, I can't remember. It must have been, so probably spring of 2019. Um, I think we, I think we made it back then. They have this thing called a seafair out there, mm-hmm. um, which is they do a bunch of like, well, it's a whole like week of celebrations. Um, the part that I am crazy for is the Blue Angels. Yeah, yeah. Um, the mm-hmm. name, you know that? Yeah. yeah. Isn't it like Love over Lake it. Washington or something? Yes, mm-hmm. yes, exactly. And so we have had for the last, I mean, we didn't do it the last, we didn't do it last year with the pandemic, but years prior we had this kind of tradition to go out on a friend's boat um out onto lake washington for seafair and mm-hmm. it was like the most fun thing ever um so that we i think the first two years that we were in colorado we still went back for seafair which was great and i don't know now i feel like i don't know i feel like COVID has kind of disrupted 
so many things and mm-hmm. there just are going to be, I mean, yeah, right. Understatement, but there are going to be a lot that just no ever come back. Right. And I don't know, we're going to find out which ones stick and which ones are gone forever. I guess I never, I haven't thought about this till the second saying it, but Seafair, Seafair might be one that's gone forever. Uh, I don't know though. I think that events like that will definitely come back because people want to do public gatherings and, and, and there's a lot of money in that. You know what I'm saying? Like there's so much money. Well, that's true. So that those are things too. It's like, we have to look at like the, the amount of a financial gain that is attached to like public gatherings. So a lot of things have to come back. I think that what suffered is like small businesses, some art galleries and things like that. Those are the people who can't recover, but institutions like they'll be all right. And, you know, I look at Magic Mountains opening, you know, next month, April, they're back. So (laughs) Disneyland's back. Yeah, I mean, you're completely right about that. Like from a cynical and realistic point of view, absolutely, the big things are gonna, like, I don't know if, if me personally, if like, we'll go back. I don't know. Mm. Um, anyway, but yeah, yeah, you're so right. Mm-hmm. It's the little guys that are, yeah, that are suffering the most as always. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but uh, those those events, man, that was, you know, it, that's the thing about Seattle is you said like it's dreary, but those sp- late spring summer events, man, it's beautiful out there. That's true. Yeah, they're really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good times. Yep. When I went back, because um, I went back, I think in August or something. And, um, you know, I had to drive up to I was staying in like the central district. And uh-huh. um, I had to drive up to Bellingham to do a podcast yeah. episode. And before I went up there, I stopped and got some Ezels. I had to. I was like, okay, I'm here. I might as well. I, I can't make this trip without a two piece, you know? <laughs> oh, man, that's fun. Yeah, I haven't been to Bellingham in a million years. Mm hmm. Yep, yep. That's cool. Who who were you uh who were you interviewing up there? Eli you, Hansen. Doing... Yeah, he does okay. uh, glass sculpture. Oh well that makes sense for yeah. that region. Mm-hmm. Eli yep, Hansen, yep. cool. Yeah, yeah, cool. great guy. So, you know, he has a, a like a compound with like the whole setup and yeah you know, his, his family helps him and you know his wife does the business end and he does like the the sculpture and yeah, it's it's pretty dope. Oh my gosh, that is the dream. That was a lot like the Wyatts. You know, I was mentioning Andrew Wyatt earlier. Um, his wife, Betsy, I think, is that right? She mm-hmm. did all, she, I mean, that's kind of common where one partner, a lot of times it's a woman does all of the finances and the the PR and the scheduling. I mean, mm-hmm. that is, that would be the good life. And yeah. all, all you have to worry about is the art part. Exactly. I, yeah. Cool. Yeah, for Good real. Job. Yeah, and, and I've seen it. It's like, you know, it, it's interesting though, Aaron, because like I, I've seen like a few different dynamics where there's like, there's that and then you get like, um, there's 
who uh, Jody Thompson, I call him Unk, and he like he and his wife Pat Thompson, they're both like really fantastic painters, right? Yes. And it's like it's really it's like whoa, how does that work, you know? And then but yes. then the love story is like yo, we met, and then she got me an assistant job with Daniel Green, and then we went to Paris and studied with Ted Seth Jacobs, and we came back and got married, and I'm just like, dude, like how does that yeah. happen, you know? Right. Um, so yeah, it's definitely it. It's possible, but it's just it. It does. It seems fairy tale. <laughs> <laughs> it does. I know exactly what you mean. You're so right. Yeah, there are a couple artists I follow um, on Instagram. I think who are from kind of that atelier world, mm -hmm. who are like a power couples. Mm -hmm. um, and I, it always blows my mind. I was think that must be so fun, so nice. I don't know, and then you always wonder, like, do what kind of conflicts arise? Because surely they happen, especially I, if you're. Well, yeah, you know right? what I've noticed though is, is I think that it's always they do different things. Like you, it's net. Like they'll right. usually do. Sometimes, like they both do portraiture, but a lot of times they'll do like one will do still life as well, or one will do landscape. So it kind of yes. offsets. You know, and I yes. think that that's what kind of all helps is like, hey, I don't want to paint no cups. You know what I'm saying? Like, hey, <laughs> I don't want to go outside. It's cold. Like, I'm a chill in here in the studio. You go out there and you, you know what I'm saying? You paint them them clouds. Yes. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, actually, when I met my husband at college, um, we were both painting majors, but he had like a totally different style. He doesn't have a chance to do too much mm -hmm. painting these days. But he always had kind of, he was a cartoonist. And mm -hmm. so he always brought that like cartoonist, like line work and caricatures. And then I was more just um, like a representational realist oil painter. And that was good for us because we were never, you know, we weren't competing. We were in different lanes. But we both, you know, got it. You get it like you get it with artists. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Definitely. So we're going to get to, we're going to talk about some of your paintings for a second. Cool. Okay. So, um, the first painting, like, Ooh, shit, damn. Okay. I'm messing up. I'm about to edit that out. <laughs> I just hit the mic. Uh, so, uh, the first painting that I wanted to talk about is that one that you did screen time. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Cause I mean, that was when I saw it, I was like, wait, hold on, man. We got heavy generators over here. So, Aww, thank and you. well, and the thing is, is I, I dig the fact that it's like the, the soft, the softness of like the, the, the form in a lot of things and how it's like, Hey, I want to obscure yeah. all of this stuff, but here I want you to get the message. Right. So for me, I'm feeling it, you know, the lighting hats like lit and then the characters are in shadow, but you can basically understand everything that's happening. So, uh, yeah. can you kind of talk about that painting a little bit what inspired yeah. it? Yeah, I'd love to. Um, so for that whole series, um, that I'm actually still, I'm working on the last big painting for this series. Um, I I got a friend of mine, he's my, actually my husband's cousin, his mm -hmm. name is Michael Bryant. Um, so shout out to Michael because he's a fantastic photographer and filmmaker. But I had him come in and shoot my reference photos. Mm -hmm. um, I'm, I don't know if 
this has happened to you before, but I'm a terrible photographer. Like whatever skills I have as a painter, they don't translate to photography for some reason. Like I'm, I'm very, very bad. I'm also a very bad uh, graphic designer. But um, so I had realized that, you know, because I really, um, like you were saying earlier, I, I can't draw something or paint something without going off of, without looking at something. Can't do it out of my head. Um, so I'd realized I need to bring in somebody who has skills with arranging a shot um, to help me. So Michael came in and I, and I kind of was the director and I knew what shots I wanted to get and knew what basically where the subjects were going to be and what they were going to be doing. But mm -hmm. he did all of the actual, you know, photographs. And then we looked through them together and I picked the ones that, that seemed, you know, the that spoke the loudest to use a kind of goofy arty term. Um, I picked him out and then helped him, you know, we kind of cropped him together. But anyhow, so give him a little bit of credit for that. But I remember him even telling me, like, when we were shooting that, like, this was super backlit. And so you're going to lose a lot of detail in their faces. And I was like, yeah, that's okay. Let's just try it. Let's see. Um, and I liked it, too. And I thought it would be a, a good a good challenge, both as a painter mm -hmm. and then to see if it would be um, successful. You know, I really didn't know. I was like, it's one of those paintings you start and you're like, this might look dumb or it might, it may, you know, people may look at it and be like, I don't, I don't get what's going on at all. Why can't you see his face, you know? Mm -hmm. um, but uh, yeah, at the end of the day, I was really happy with it too. It was super fun to paint. I um, have been working, uh, I'm kind of, I feel like I'm slowly coming out of this, but for the last, you know, six years or so, I've been working like towards a, um, super high realism mm -hmm. all i mean al almost photorealism although i'm not there yet but it you know it's been really 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 tight and i kind of needed to to come back out of that mm -hmm. and be a little more expressive so this one just because it was so obscured it was good challenge for me to be like oh you really can't see you know his cheekbone you just have to fucking leave it black and mm -hmm. deal with that <laughs> you know just mm -hmm. let it be so that was that was good for me uh, when I was doing that painting. Yeah, the one I'm working on now actually is similar. It's it's my friend Jake, and he's I've only got the figure done, mm -hmm. <clears throat> but and then he's like there's a wall of windows behind him as well, so um, you can't see like you can't see his face hardly at all. Yeah, I I don't know I I really enjoy that. I think it's it's moody, right? It's moody yeah, in a nice it way. It, it, yeah, it definitely <laughs> atmosphere, the mood, the colors, they, it takes you to it. For me, it's like a, well, I mean, it, the, the painting is, and you guys were talking, so you can't see the painting. It may be the cover image for this. It may not be because she got some wild stuff. And this is like, I'm loving <laughs> this one. But it's like a father and a son. It seems like, I don't know. But it's like, a, it looks like it could be a father and a son. And like, they're yeah. at the dad's at the desk. And then like, the son's like looking at the screen. Um, and it's like pops is working and like the sun or he could be doing anything, showing them something, you yeah. know, yeah, but yeah, uh, it's yeah. a, it's a great image in the way it see, it's like not only what's happening in the painting, but the way that it's, um, like the, you know, I would say the color palette that you chose on here that just adds to like this, like this moodiness, this temperature, this like feeling of like, um, comfort, you know what I'm saying? Like mm -hmm. for me, that's kind of the way. I feel when I see that painting. 
Oh, I love that. So yeah, it's kind of, yeah, I'll just uh, say one more mm-hmm. thing about it. Cause since you brought up the son, um, which it is, it's my, it's our son, Edmund, my middle child. Mm-hmm. Um, when we were, when we were doing the shoots, I hadn't planned on him being in it mm-hmm. and he just wandered in the way kids do. Mm-hmm. And Michael kept clicking. And then when I was looking at the photographs we took, you know, we probably took what 50 to hundred just at that scene. Um, I love like the ones where Ed was in it were the best. Like they were the most, um, especially like his shoulders are kind of lifted. Can you see, do you get that too? I don't know. I saw his shoulders raised and almost this like really vulnerable kind of mm-hmm. like, am I supposed to be here, dad? Is mm-hmm. this okay that I'm here? Like it just like kind of broke my heart. When I saw it. Um, and yeah, so I was like, okay, that's the one. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but it was an accident, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, I, lo- I love that when that happens. children are like delicate, you know what I'm saying? And that's kind of, yeah. that's the thing yes. is like, he has that, that, that fragile, that fragility. Yes. The kids. Have. Yes. Thanks for saying that. That's exactly mm-hmm. right. Yep. 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 So the next painting, um, if we could talk about is this, man, this is a banger, man. Hold on. Let's get some air horns. This is, yeah, I get some air horns off. Okay. <laughs> This one is um, the light gets in. Oh yeah, right. right so that right. one, <sighs> crazy. Yeah. So what inspired a, that one? So um, this is part of the same series, um, and I had um, chosen myself, my husband, and then several of my other dear, dear friends in the Seattle area. Um, and Michael came along with me and we went to each of their houses and shot. And, you know, the idea was kind of, um, to, you know, to find something deeper in these ordinary moments, um, whether it's like a poignancy or a longing or uh, sadness or sweetness, whatever, like we're all going through our daily life. Most of the time doing mundane things in our houses. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to kind of catch that. Like I've been really, um, I've been really on this kick lately with uh, specificity in art. <laughs> the the more specific you can make something, the more powerful it is. I feel like a lot of times as artists, we try to come from the other direction. We're thinking, you know, I want my work to be powerful and to be kind of like universally powerful. I want it to say something big to everybody who looks at it. So we think of like, well, what's this great statement we can make when really like the most power is in something that's personal and specific and it will feel universal even if you haven't been in that exact spot does that make sense uh, anyhow so that's kind of like where this all of these shots came from but this one is my friend um bethany who is she's transitioning she's been transitioning for a couple of years mm. and that was but she's also my dear dear friend and mm. i wanted her in the series mm. and so so we went she was living with her parents at the time her mom and her stepdad and who are you know as many trans families are unsupportive of her mm. um and there's just a lot of heaviness already but I, James, it was crazy. We walked into her house, which I hadn't been in that house where she was living with the parents. Mm-hmm. We fucking, fucking walked into her room and that's where she was living. It was like this downstairs bedroom that was painted this dark green mm-hmm. and had all of her stepdad's bobbleheads, like sports bobbleheads, baseball bobbleheads all over the wall. 
like all this like sports paraphernalia. Mm. And, and I was just like, Oh my gosh, like I couldn't have, if you're doing a painting about at least partly about gender, I couldn't have set, couldn't have staged it better if I tried. But also, it, you know what's crazy yeah. though, Erin? It's like <laughs> when I seen it, I was like, this one's like, if I feel sad, like it feels like, like this weird, like, I don't know what the narrative uh, is of it, but the way you captured it, it's like this, it, it, I don't, it's like, it's a, it feels cold kind of like, and there's all these, it's because the way that she painted it, you guys, there's like all this. And I mean, she painted like, it's like 25 bobbleheads on the shelf. It's wild. And then there's like a picture. Is that Safeco field or something Uh, in the background? It's a cold blooded panoramic picture. And then there's like some artwork over to the side. And then there's like, someone just folding laundry and then there's these two like very well painted baskets on top of like (laughs) a mattress and see and the reason I say it looks sad because I was like okay I get you washed all you're doing the laundry so there's no like liner on the bed but damn there's no liner on the bed you know what I'm saying like put the liner on the bed nigga you know what I'm saying like like and that's so that's why I thought it felt sad because it was like you're doing all your laundry Cause I know for me, I was like, I put the liner on the bed first. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, so your yeah. your brain is somewhere else. You know what I'm saying? You're, that's right. Yeah, that's right. It's like it was like oppressive feeling when we mm-hmm. walked into the room, and I was like, oh my god, this is where my poor friend is mm-hmm. struggling to get mm-hmm. through this. You know, and uh, and all my friends were really vulnerable. Um, with letting me shoot them and paint them because I was, I was like, I'm not editing anything out. You know, one mm-hmm. of my friends, Lindsay, she was like, we need to, she, I, she was at her sink doing dishes <clears throat> and there was this big, like bright pink plastic cheapo cup. And she's like, we need to move that. That looks mm-hmm. stupid. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I was like, hell no. Like that's like, that's it. That's actually the centerpiece of this whole that's thing. The focal because that's of the painting. Yeah. It, does, it sticks like, all the way out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, these real and there are these real specific human details of mm-hmm. our actual lives. You know, like I told my other friend, don't clean your room before we come over. I mm-hmm. want it to be what it really looks like. Right. <laughs> but yeah, poor, um, poor Bethany. I'm glad. Thank you for saying that about that piece, and I'm I'm really happy that that came through. Um, I can say she's she's not living there anymore. She's got a place of her own, and she's in a much better spot. But. Um, I couldn't believe it when we walked down there. I was like, geez, this, I knew it could be a pretty tremendous painting if I could pull it off. Um, right, right. So my next question is, did you name the one painting dead fish because of the garbage? <laughs> um, you know, I, that title just popped into my head. But yeah, like just that one is, you know, a self-portrait. And that's another one of those details. We had these like goofy recycling bags that would just collect, you know, right there in our kitchen, (laughs) junking it up. Um, But when I was looking at it and the expression, I was like, and I think that same week, yeah, our fish had died, like my kids fish. And it was just like, it sucked. You know, we had to clean it up. They were so sad. It was just like, such a bummer and yeah i don't know i was like that's what i'm gonna name this painting <laughs> mm, so it was dead fish like you were sad because your pet had died not because of the trash in the kitchen got you okay <laughs> but i like that connection too that mm-hmm. works 
that's got the same vibe. <laughs> yeah, for real. That's clowning. Um, yeah, there's definitely a bunch of paintings that I wanted to get to. Um, let's talk about, so we'll skip that and then we'll get to um, one that I really wanted to talk about was uh, except in early spring when we almost remember seeing being green again. Yeah. Okay. So my first question, are those oranges organic? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, let me think about this. They came from Costco. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but Costco does a pretty good job of carrying organic stuff. So I don't know. I would say, I would say 70% chance they were not. But maybe they were. <laughs> See, there was like there's a there's a one moldy one that came out of that bat, so maybe they actually were. And that's the one that's broken. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's tight. Okay. Got you. Got you. So now, what inspired those paintings? Because it's a series. Um, you have like the dust of many crumbled cities, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you have like, then you flip the apples on some other ones too. Like you yep. fill it with yourself or it dies. You got some cool titles, man. I'm, I'm kind of, yeah. Thank you. Um, those are all titles from um, Rumi, from his writings and poems. Um, so I can't exactly take credit for them, except that I thought they were amazing and decided to use them. Um, so... That series was pretty important to me because it's the first, it's the first real major series I did after a really, really big break when I was having kids. Um, right after college, I, I really, really worked hard for several years up in Seattle to, to be an artist and to make a lot of work and to get shows. Um, and at some point I just got like crazy depressed and set it aside and kind of actually at the time was like, I'm probably not going to do this again. Like, this is not fun. It's not worth, it's not working. Um, and then I would taught piano for a few years to something separate. And then we started having kids and I, and I kind of, for probably five, almost five years, just thought I'm, I'm no, I'm not a painter anymore. You know, I'm not doing this. Um, and then it was Joe. He, he was actually kind of the one that, that kept things moving because I remember we had been living in a condo on Mercer Island and we had two boys, two little boys and I was pregnant with my third and we we're like, we gotta get a house. Like we gotta move out of here. And every house we went to, Joe was like, well, there has to be a space for your studio, which I remember even at the time being like, what, why are like, I haven't painted for years. Like, fuck you. What are you talking about? But he was really <laughs> insistent. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I rolled with it. Yeah. I mean, for real. So I, uh, so then we had our daughter and she was about a year old and he was like, Hey, I want to get, I want to get an au pair. Here's some for women's history month. Here are some like real logistical details. I'm going to give you about how women make their careers in art. You know, art at least some women, <laughs> they have to have help. Um, at least most of them do. At least I did. So Joe was like, well, we need to, uh, we need, we need to try an au pair. We should do the au pair program. And again, I was like, what are you talking about? Um, he's always the visionary and I'm kind of a step behind in general. 
drives me crazy. But we decided we were going to get this au pair. And um, so that's that's like a they come and live with you from another country. Our first au pair was this awesome girl, Suyen, from Germany. And she lived with us and she would take care of my kids all day long, like 40 hours a week. Mm -hmm. And I was sitting here thinking, well, I've just been a mom for years. Like I, I can't have somebody take this over for me and just do nothing. Like I can't just go do yoga all day. Like I gotta like, I gotta like do something, you know, contribute. (laughs) So, Mm -hmm. So I slowly was like, well, you know, fuck it, maybe I'll start painting. Um, and we had a good friend on the island who was a contractor. He came out and he kind of t- took this, is <laughs> this old um, like wine cellar at this house we were in and not like a fancy cool wine cellar. It was like one that the former owners had built themselves. And it was like, they made, they tried to like make wine there and it was so, had this crazy smell and the walls were covered with like, red stains it was bananas my mother-in-law called it the murder room when she came and stayed when we like first moved into the house so anyhow i'm really like talking all over the place our friend jeff came out and he on his like spare time helped redo this space actually it's in these paintings you can see like the walls um and then the original floor which was just this crazy cement with these crazy like paint stains and red colors anyhow he, he got it up and running, put in some good lighting, put in some good ventilation. Um, and I had a place to paint for the first time. Mm-hmm. And I had I had time, you know, I had time and I had energy because I wasn't just spending 24 hours a day parenting. Um, and I started out really small. I mean, that's what you have to do if you're coming back from a break. You just have to start with little studies. You just have to start with anything, right? Like mm-hmm. you, you just, you just have to put the brush on the canvas and move it around for a while. Right, right. <laughs> so I did that for maybe a year. And then I got this idea for, um, for these large paintings with the fruit. I've, I've always really enjoyed working large. Um, it's, since COVID came, I've brought up, I sucked it way down. I'm painting small these mm. days, but I was like, it's time, you know, stretch the canvases, took the reference photos. Um, I'm the subject in three of them. And then my, actually this one with the oranges is my college roommate, Danae Brown, who's a phenomenal artist herself. I called her up. She was living in Portland and I was like, Hey, do you want to, would you come model for me? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she was like, no hesitation. She was like, yeah. When do you want me? You know, I'll, mm-hmm. I'll walk in, I'll take off my clothes. You, you got it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And then the other one was a friend, um, Megan, who was starting to branch into some modeling herself, some art modeling. So, um, yeah, anyhow, those were the first big pieces, first major pieces I did after this really extended break. And um, I was like I said, I was reading a lot of Rumi and I was I felt like I was coming alive again after years. Um yeah, and I, I, I really like them. I really love those pieces. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, they they definitely are powerful. Um, and I enjoy the, the way the oranges stick out and, you know, the apples, they stick out as opposed to the, the white background. And then the yeah. figures, you know, the splash of color being the fruit. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, another one that I thought was pretty dope that you had did was um, There Are Witches in These Woods. 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, I like those pieces too. So that was, um, that's a lyric from a San Fermin song. They're my, like my favorite band. Um, and I was just, I don't know if you get, the, I feel like I, this is something that other people have said they experience too, but in the springtime, you get, you like, you smell spring flowers, the air starts to turn. Do you get just, I mean, I think it's a thing. It's where spring fever came from, like that term, but you get like, really, like really antsy and you start like longing for something. You don't know what it is. Like I always cry when I smell hyacinth the first moment of every year. And I, it's like, I, like, I, like I want something so bad that it hurts, but I don't even know what it is, but I feel mm -hmm. so good, but it's also painful. I don't know. That's, what, mm -hmm. that's the way I feel like every spring. And so those pieces were sort of trying to capture just that specific feeling. And actually, there's something kind of cool about this. Um, so that one you're talking about is um, a woman in her bed with these like cherry blossom branches. Mm -hmm. um, those came from a tree on our property. There had been this huge storm that like wind and lightning and um, those branches had broken off of the tree. Mm. and they were they were like across our road and we had to our neighbor came out with this chainsaw and you, you know moved them all out and then I don't know driving up and down that road I looked at him one day because I was kind of putting this idea for this painting in my head and when I looked at him and Gene they've been like off this tree for like two weeks at that point and those motherfuckers were still blooming like oh, they, wow. they bloomed like there was enough little life left in their <laughs> in their stem mm -hmm. that they they bloomed even though they were separated from the tree it just blew my mind so i took those back into my house and you know set up my camera my tripods mm -hmm. <laughs> stuck them in my bed and right. set up the photo shoot that's nice yeah that's hard yeah mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah that's definitely dope yep so now the the photo shoot you basically did the photo shoot and then you you did um also the painting um all the wanting in the world right yep yep and yep. then so it's interesting because like the one um there which is in these woods it's like you're on you're on top of the covers and on the right side of the bed but in the all the wanting in the world you're on the bottom of the covers and on the left side of the bed yeah right. that's true i'm actually i don't even know if i've uh noticed that difference mm -hmm. so true though mm -hmm. yeah huh so it, it definitely like, gives a different what... feel yeah I'm like, what does that mean what does it mean mm -hmm. <laughs> well and you know for me it that yeah i know because as the viewer it's the the energy that i get from all the wanting in the world is is like that's that's like it like i'm under the i'm under the the covers and these branches are next to me you know what i'm saying it's like i'm i'm here i'm sleeping and uh i'm growing like a plant you know like mm -hmm. I, all the all the wanting in the world is see it, it's interesting because it's like you can be the plant can be destiny and it can be growing next to you like you're all the wanting in the world is is something that you can make and you can achieve yourself or it could be that plant symbolizes somebody that's not there and then uh, you know yeah. with the witches yeah. with the other one there are witches in these woods it's more of a like 
oh my God, I'm just here to rest. I don't have time to get underneath the covers. Like there's all this BS. <laughs> you like, I'm, yeah. cause when you lay on top of the covers like that, you not, you don't hear nothing. Like, you know, it's like, man, let me just get away from the world just for 10 yes. minutes. I don't want to pull yes. the covers up. I just want to get away. Exactly. It's like a, a nap of desperation. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> I need a breather. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. I, I mean, whenever I do a photo shoot, like I said, I'm a, I'm a poor photographer, so mm -hmm. I have to take a gazillion different shots to get a few good ones. Um, so I'm, I know I'm sure I pulled those just because I liked the way they looked visually. Mm -hmm. And I hadn't even considered that one of them was under the covers and one was on top. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. That's cool. And, and the, the emotion that both of those give, like they give totally different impressions on yeah. the viewer. So I'm curious yeah, about right. process. Like, or you, you said you're doing photo shoots now. Are you like, doing thumbnail drawings you drawing directly onto the canvas how are you going about making these works yeah um i um i don't do a lot of sketching or thumbnails i mean i know like artists swear by that you know and the, like i feel like it's always the really good artists like the atelier people who are classically trained who really know their shit like they do color studies and they do you know little little studies to work up to their big piece and I, I just that just has never worked for me I find I find that if I'm not working on a, a painting that I'm thinking about being like a painting I don't give it like I don't give it my best effort like I slack off on it I get bored with it mm. <laughs> so it's like I'm just gonna figure my shit out on the real deal um, <laughs> which probably like bites me from time to time because I'll have something like compositionally basic that's off and you're just screwed because you've already sunk 40 hours into it but it's 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 the way i do it it works you know it works for me mm -hmm. i don't have patience for for doing a lot of prep work mm -hmm. um so yeah I've, I've lately um so i took a um actually it was right in the middle of that series with the fruit and the ladies um i did a workshop with an artist named lee price um, she works, she was working in Beacon, New York, and it was a week long workshop. And I pulled a lot of techniques from her, including something I'd never tried before, which was where you, um, project the image onto your canvas and you like trace the outlines of stuff. Mm -hmm. And then, um, and then you go in and fill it in with paint. Um, <clears throat> so I do that about... I don't know, about half the time. I like to not, I like to not do it for every painting because I worry I'm gonna lose my drawing skills mm -hmm. if I if I stop drawing, you know, mm -hmm. and stop stop finding the forms on my own. But especially if you have like that one of um of Bethany, the um the light gets in with the laundry baskets, like if you have a really, really involved background like that, mm -hmm. you know, I would just I would spend hours and hours finding placement on that when what's the most exciting to me is putting the paint in. Mm -hmm. um, so I kind of use it as a tool when I feel like I need to. Um, this year with the pandemic, I've been using it. I haven't really projected anything because I don't know. I just like haven't had time for that even. <laughs> More like I've been working smaller, which is a little bit easier to find the forms. Well, not easier, but it's quicker because there's less surface area. Mm -hmm. But um I've also kind of just needed that like immediacy of 
of like, I'm just working this out on my own. And if it sucks, it sucks. And that's fine. <laughs> like, I can't, like, I haven't been able to worry about making things perfect this year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just don't have the energy for it. Right, right. <laughs> so, um, I don't know. Does that answer your question a little bit? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, definitely. It, it answers it. Yeah. So now what, what type of music are you listening to when you're making these paintings? funny um the jazz that um i i listen to um so sam for is my group i love him i listen to him over and over again um i listen to a lot of really i have a bunch of studio playlists and they're all like really mellow like sad love songs you know mm. that's what i i like just emo emo indie that's okay. <laughs> what i what i do in the studio um I listen to different stuff when I'm working out or different stuff when I'm doing dishes, but for painting, it's just real chill kind mm-hmm. of sad music in general. Um, another thing with COVID that I sort of <clears throat> lost my ability to listen to music for some reason, I was like, I don't know. I just made me feel too much maybe, or I, I don't know. I just couldn't do it. So I listened to a ton of podcasts <laughs> this last year. I've been doing podcasts and like audiobooks. Mm. Um, or some of your favorite mm. audiobooks. Well, I have the I have the um, like collected works of Jane Austen. I go through that pretty routinely. Pride and Prejudice, Sense and Sensibility, all of those. And I do generally do Harry Potter <laughs> at least once a year, which is like the series, which is ours. So, who's um, your favorite character outside of Harry? It, oh, Hermione. Hermione Um, see I'm a Snape guy myself well I will tell you I appreciate Snape I'm I'm here for that are you Slytherin no, Probably, I'm just, huh? I'm, nah, I'm, yeah, I don't get, yeah, I ain't all that, yeah, nah, I ain't, you know what I'm saying? But I, I just, I, I, I do understand the role of the misunderstood person who's trying to yes. do good, you know what I'm saying, but it's misunderstood. Absolutely. Actually, another one of my favorites is uh, Lupin, and he's got that going for him, too. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, I like those characters and stories very much. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Now, Lupin, you talking about the book, right? About the thief. I, oh, from Harry Potter. Oh, okay, okay, from Harry Potter. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a vampire, or not the vampire, the werewolf. Mm. You know, and like got that like mysterious. Every nobody's sure if he's good or bad for a little while. Mm-hmm. That guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh man so okay so harry harry potter at least once a year you going you're going tough on that and what are what's yeah. another good audiobook um okay oh i love um i love ready player one mm-hmm. do you know that there was a movie about that a couple of years ago the book is better okay. it's um it's read by will wheaton which is kind of fun like if you're in a nerdy i'm a i really i love video games and have my whole life so I get a lot out of that book. Okay, um, okay. So where are some of your favorite video games? Well, I'm so something that came back into my life during this pandemic was uh, World of Warcraft. <laughs> mm. I play that. I mean, I So you're a PC gamer then? Yes. Okay, yes. Okay. I I um yes for sure. Like I am not coordinated enough to get on and like do Halo or 
like the first person shooters i i don't know those are scary i don't mm -hmm. do those <laughs> mm -hmm. but you'll do some wow yeah heck yeah 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 i'm doing it right now we have some friends that we used to play with actually we lived with them for a while in seattle we shared a house and we played with them i mean you know i don't know if you know wow at all you know that if you're playing well you're playing a fucking bajillion hours of mm -hmm. it. there's just no that's other why way I don't play. that's why i don't play <laughs> yeah mm -hmm. nope yeah mm -hmm. absolutely and we, you know, so we hung up at the hat years ago. And then when we were having kids, we couldn't do it, we couldn't do it, we couldn't do it. And they re-released WoW Classic just recently, mm -hmm. kind of during this pandemic. And Joe mm -hmm. and I are like, you know what? It might be time. So we're playing with our same friends that we used to play with. We were in a guild with back in the day. They live in Germany now. And uh, so we have to find like just the right hours of the day when we can all play together. But we got into, we got into like a raiding guild again which in classic was you have to have 40 people and, and our fucking Germany friends would set their alarms and wake up at like 3 a.m. to raid with us. <laughs> <laughs> They're crazy. Yeah, so yeah. 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 That world of Warcraft, it'll get you. <laughs> One of my friends, uh, uh, he plays JJ and he was on shout out to JJ. I ain't seen you since episode 10. He was on this podcast episode 10. It's episode 84. Put the video games <laughs> down. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, no, it's real. I mean, it's a real thing. Like people actually kind of can get in trouble in their lives with that game. <laughs> <laughs> it was it's because the thing about wow is aren't the games like when you sit down and you're into a game it's like 45 minutes for a game right i mean with warcraft it's like world of warcraft mm -hmm. it's just it's open world so you can it's not i mean it's not it's not like um there aren't but there aren't like for a raid through. right like if you wanted to go on oh, and do a raid yeah no a raid is going to be two hours minimum and, and for those like who don't know, let's uh, you want to explain to them what a raid is because we're all on some geeky stuff. We're geeking out right now. Yeah, we're super geeking out. So yeah, so a raid is like you go into a big dungeon and you kill a bunch of big bosses, and it requires um, you know anywhere from ten to forty people working together. So you have to get your headsets and organize with a group of strangers to set up a time. You know, we're going to try to take Sire Denathrius at 5 p.m. on Wednesday. <laughs> oh and you like have to you have to gear up so your gear is ready. You have to have your food stats. You have to have your potions. You have to have all these things that make you perform it well. To know your rotation. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Highly coordinated things, ladies and gentlemen. It's been good, though. I mean, seriously, no joke, though. It's been good. It's been good, especially last spring. Mm -hmm. um, I heard somebody call it um, instead of March. They called it March because, like, all the months of the year were March because it's just more March. <laughs> Um, but so when we were like super in lockdown, nobody was leaving their house. Mm -hmm. Um, this was really nice cause you could get on your dumb headsets and like drink a beer and talk with your friends yeah. and play games together. It was, it was really nice. I was grateful that we had it for mm -hmm. that season. <laughs> yes. That's crazy. Yeah. You know, they, they definitely, uh, there's a, a huge market and that's, that's the cool part about video games. Those there's, you know, you have the world of Warcraft and then you got Mario, you know, like there's all yeah. these different spectrums of, play, of things that you could play to have fun. 
No doubt. No doubt. Yeah. Joe and I talk about like, we can't wait till our kids are old and we're old and we're retired and we can just like sit and play video games on our old bones all day long and all night long. Well, and the crazy thing will be like, what games are around then and what will the technology be like? I mean, you're so right. Like you can't even imagine it. I can't, I mean, we really can't imagine it. It's going to change so much. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, at that point, you'll put on a headset and you'll actually be fighting that dragon, like in your li- like it's like virtual reality. You're fighting the right. dragon, and then like your husband's like the knight, and he jumps in front of you, and then the arrow shoots him <laughs> in the heart. You're like my baby. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I love that that's the scenario that just came out of your head. That's so funny. You know? My baby. For real, um, then your one yeah. homie's like, don't trip, I got the potion. Yeah. So, okay, okay, so, so let's rewind for just mm-hmm. a second since we're talking about future tech. Have you read the book, Ready Player One? Mm-mm, I have not. Oh, put it on your list, maybe. I mean, who cares? I'm going to put it on my list. Yeah, on. it's on my list. But it's 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 basically like it's a um, future kind of post-apocalyptic society that mm-hmm. has in it like like the air the air is shit and the environment is shit but they have this crazy technology so like even homeless people will have these virtual reality suits um or at least like um what's the word like things that go over your eyes a headset, a headset i guess mm-hmm. yeah anyhow um and everybody lives i can't remember what they call it like the internet i can't mm-hmm. remember what they call it in this game anyway um so, so basically everyone is living their lives virtually and, you know, doing things virtually, but that's, yeah. I mean, that'll be it. Like yep, even cyberspace. The, yeah. Huh? Cyberspace. Huh? Yeah. I mean, like, see, and that's the, the interest, the only part that really frightens me is the aspect of like what we do. Right. So, like, I mean, like making paintings. So what is it? So you make yeah, a painting no and then you put it into a machine and then like it's like digitally encrypted and then it goes to a gallery through cyberspace and the, the gallery decrypts like this, like this file. And then magically there's like a, like a replica of your painting or something that's beamed over to a gallery. Like, and then there we put on our headsets and then we have access, you know what I'm saying? To this virtual space. Like, Oh, there's just some weird stuff, man. It's weird. My brain goes all these crazy ways when it comes to art and where, where it's going. It's kind of, um, yeah, I agree with you. That part's actually sort of sobering. Um, I, I don't know. You, you probably are the same way. I feel like most artists are who paint like ha- half the reason I do it, maybe way more is because of the physicality of the paint and the mm-hmm. canvas and the wood. Like I, that's one reason I never went into writing. I went into painting was cause like you're sitting down to write, you've just got your blank computer screen. It's like hard to, yeah, I don't know. You can't force it. Like with painting, like I was saying, when you haven't worked for a long time, you just have to like get your paintbrush wet and do anything, you know, paint the cup that's in your room, paint a blue sky, like whatever. I, I, I find a lot of um, comfort and inspiration just from the, the way it feels and the way it smells and the way it looks on the canvas, you know, and even though like i feel i don't know like i don't get real excited about digital art yet i'm sure i'm sure i'll have to change my mind on that because it's the way of the future but even though people who are doing digital painting like your design skills 
and your choices have to be just as on point as a painter who's working in oils or acrylic. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's no difference there. Like either you're absolutely skilled to be able to do that digital work, but I just feel like I still miss the actual material. You know, mm -hmm. it's just, I, I'm, I just, I like the way the paint smells, but like the way it changes when the sun changes in the room. I don't know. Yeah. I'm in love with that stuff. Well, <laughs> and, the, and the thing is too, Aaron is, is for uh, having a love for writing as well. I think it's when I think about it as a writer, it's, you can create a picture, you can create a scene, you can create an atmosphere for the reader, but that is largely leaving the task up to them to create that in their brain. Whereas if you're a painter, your task is creating that for them and then just putting them in front of it. Yeah, that's so interesting. I've really never thought about it that way, but you're so right. I mean, if with writing, all of the visuals are up to the individual reader. Mm -hmm. That's cool. Hmm. And it's almost the reverse, isn't it, with the painting, where mm. you do the visuals, but the meaning, the content, can be left up to the viewer. Mm -hmm. Yep. That's cool. I like that. Yeah, that's 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 why we're here. We these are the art and BS conversations, Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> yes, for sure. Oh man. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, and the thing is, is um. So now with everything happening, I'm curious, do you, do you have time to watch anything on Netflix or like Hulu or anything like that? Um, yeah, I watch a ton of TV. I love TV. What you been into? <laughs> What's been, where are some of your choice programs? Okay. Well, let's see. What have I done this year? Um, I mean, Fleabag season two, like so many people I was obsessed with for weeks and months. Um, just recently, I watched The Bachelor for the first time in years, which is not is not like super quality TV. Okay. What season are they <laughs> but, on? So they, I don't even know. Um, shit, I don't know. I mean, I watched it like 10 years ago, and then I was visiting my sister in Nashville, okay. and she was super into it. And she was like, will you watch it with me, you know, while you're here? I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So then mm -hmm. I kind of got sucked, it, sucked back into it. Uh -huh. Um, I watched Succession. I really liked that. I watched. I loved The Queen's Gambit. That was something that Joe watched with me too. I love The Americans. That's one of my favorite TV series ever. Oh, The Expanse, that sci-fi one that's on Amazon. Um, mm, it, they just had out. a new season. Yeah, um, yeah. I really like TV. I, I, I watch it just on my phone in like when I'm doing laundry or when mm -hmm. I'm cooking dinner, or when I'm in the shower, I mean, hate taking showers and I cannot make myself do it unless I watch TV. <laughs> so I watch it like in these small, these small chunks during the day, you know, but I'll get, I get through a lot oh, of content. That's great. Now have you seen Snowfall? <laughs> Snowfall? No. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What it's on Snowfall? Hulu. It's really good. Yeah. You should check it out. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's a good one. Um, let's see what else is good. Oh, on Amazon, have you seen The Boys? No, but I've had a bunch of people tell me it's really good. Yeah, it is. That that shows off the chain. Yeah, yeah, it's really good. Oh, this looks good. Snowfall. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, so one thing that I watched in the pandemic for the first time ever, I was really late to the show, was The Wire. Oh, um, <laughs> okay, okay. Which is... <laughs> 
so good. Like, what a show. I get it. I get it now. Mm-hmm. I'm just reading, like, I'm just reading this on Snowfall, the wiki, like, mm-hmm. synopsis. Is it any, is it all similar? I mean, they're both. Yeah, I mean, like, it's, if you like The about... Wire, you'll like Snowfall. But The Wire, let's, let's talk about The Wire for a second, because this is going to be a great conversation. Because <laughs> you're fresh to it. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah, that's yeah. that's the so like who who would you say were your two favorite characters from The Wire? Oh my gosh, that's so hard. I will tell you, um, I didn't know it was coming. I mean, I, I should have mm-hmm. right, but I cried like a baby when Stringer Bell was killed. <laughs> I almost was like, I, I, I was like. <laughs> I was in my laundry room folding clothes and I just, like, I think I sat on the floor and cried. (laughs) I was like, this is going to be unwatchable without him. Um, (laughs) I I love Kima. I can't get enough of Kima. Kima's dope. Mm -hmm. Um, Oh my gosh, so many good characters, though. I mean, I love the Nolte. Gosh, who are your favorites? Yeah, um, honestly, number one. Well, I like, okay, so my two favorite characters are Brody and Snoop. And I'll tell you why. Brody, because Brody, he was, I always say, like, I'm the Brody because I just hold down the block. I just, like, I'm here. Uh I hold down the block. That's it right like that's it yeah that he held yeah. down the block until the end and he and talking to the police is what got him killed unfortunately you know but he never betrayed the side that he you know what i'm saying like he he held it yes. down until he couldn't hold it down no more yeah and then snoop because she is one of the craziest killers yes. of all time yes you know? I agree with you on both those counts. I mean, you were talking about being a Snape fan Mm -hmm. and Brody is that type of character, right? Mm -hmm. Like, like when, cause he's the one that shoots Waller. (laughs) Am I, am I remembering that right? (laughs) Yeah. Right. Right. Which is like horrible. So horrible, but, but you, but he's not, I don't know. There's like a method to his madness. There's a reason for what he does. Like he's got that honor at the same time that he's doing these terrible things, mm-hmm. which is obviously a huge theme of the wire in general. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. And then it's so awful. I mean, even the way Omar, obviously Omar is so good. The mm-hmm. way Omar goes out at the end, yeah. they really do that on the show. It's kind of the only other show I can think of off the top of my head that does it is game of Thrones where someone has this, incredible story and it feels like it's building to something and then it's just cut short and sometimes a really almost like that was heartbreaking when omar died like that i was like wait hold on wait like wait hold on it was i said wait like that was one of those ones i just hit pause and walked away from the screen because i I caught it you know i caught the wire late too i was like wait like (laughs) that you gonna really yeah, but I get I mean, it, and and that's what I'm saying. They don't. He doesn't even get like an awesome shootout, Mm-mm. or like he dies as a hero. Mm-mm. It's just like he's in the wrong place at the wrong time, and some little dude takes mm-hmm. him out. It's horrible. Mm-hmm. So it, it just increases like the pathos and the tragedy so much. Yeah, but it's crazy <laughs> because Omar was a dirty cat. 
Because so yeah. it's like you're oh, yeah. you, you're loving this dirty cat because like yes. you know it's just like in his personality and he always has a boyfriend and it's just hilarious yes. and they yeah. can never catch he, him. Oh man, yes. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's a good show. I'll watch that again. Yeah. I was listening. I, I dropped out of it, but I was listening to it. This is one of the podcasts I was listening to is mm-hmm. The Ringer. Um, they have a podcast on The Wire. It's a deep dive. Mm-hmm. Um, and that that's, yeah, it, it's really good. See, With Jameel th- Hill and Van Lathan. No. I need to get... Actually, need to get back to that. <laughs> yeah, see, and that that's one of the, the top shows of all time. The problem I have with Game of Thrones is the last season, right? Oh, so, like, shut the fuck up. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> right? Yell, so I'm it's, yelling now. Yeah, yeah. Season so 8 makes me yell. <laughs> yeah. So that's, that's, that's why that show, it, it's like Breaking Bad is the show that I never wanted to like. And then finally when I watched it, I said, oh, my God, I have to like this show. Like, I do not want to like it, but I, I have to like it. It's a good show. The Wire, it was like one of those things where I feel like The Wire was like going over to your friend's mom's house for cooking. Like, you know, it's going to be good. Like, so it's uh, just like, OK, all right. Yeah. Like, this is tight. Yeah, like, it's it's really, really good. And I'm not and there's no I can't hate on it and I can't put it any higher because it's already yeah. it, it's up there. Right. Yes. But I Game totally of Thrones. Yeah, yep. they they let me down on that. Oh, big time. I I mean, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. It's funny that you brought up Breaking Bad because I watched The Wire and then the next show I watched was Breaking Bad. Mm-hmm. I was kind of catching up on this prestige TV. Mm-hmm. And I really did not. I did not enjoy Breaking Bad. Mm-hmm. Like, I think it was like I acknowledge that it's a really perfectly done show. The acting is the, as good as it gets. But this like white male anger and feeling like a victim all the time. I could not in the like age of Trump. I could not stomach it. <laughs> mm. I I think I feel like if I would have watched it when it was airing, I would have been like, "Yeah, this is awesome." But it was just like it literally like made my stomach hurt when I was watching it. I was like I can't deal with Walter White. Like this is horrible. <laughs> I hate him. <laughs> oh man. Oh, dude. Okay. Oh. Wow. Yeah. I never looked at it like that. I see it no, now. Wow. Don't you know? Don't. So just, I was thinking of all these aggrieved white men. I know who are like complaining about their lives and the you know the shit they deal with and and they and Walter White's their hero and I was like I can't I can't I can't mm-hmm. do it yeah but he's over <laughs> here getting away with he's just killing the system oh, oh yeah. my brother's a DEA like, agent oh my god yes and being horrible to his wife and like gaslighting her and making her feel like she's the one causing the problem, like, you know, making her feel crazy, even mm-hmm. though she knows something's going on. I couldn't, I couldn't do it. So it, be glad you watched it when you watched it. Cause maybe, you know, I don't know. I wish I could have watched it in a different time, like mm-hmm. in our culture and politics, because I think I would have enjoyed it for entertainment. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. There's that's, that is the thing. There's a lot of, um, there's so many movies, you know, I recently got to see, um, I didn't get, I got to see um what's the thing? Uh she's gotta have it by Spike Lee. Have you seen that or no? No. And it's like no, and, I okay, so it was originally a movie and then he redid it as like a, a Netflix, you know, series now, and the main character is a painter. 
So, um, oh my yeah, gosh. so it's pretty cool. And they have like Amy Sherald's in the episode. Now, yeah. like, it's pretty cool. Oh it's, my gosh. Like, like, it's pretty cool from like an art as like a painter, you, you'll kind of geek out. And there are certain oh. things where you're like, okay, wait, that's acrylic, that's not oil. So, you gotta like, <laughs> yes. don't, sure, don't sure. be that person because like every painter who I know <laughs> says that. So, it's like we're all looking at the materials, but after you get past that, it's a great that's show. Funny. Mm-hmm. Well, no, like, okay, that's gonna. I'm, I'm putting that next on my list. I've, I'm actually in kind of a, um, I, I don't have anything that I'm into right now. So mm-hmm. this is what I'm going to do. It's just a treat if you ever see an artist portrayed on TV, honestly. Mm-hmm. Like, um, did you, okay, so did you watch The Americans? I have not. Now, oh, you'll like it. If you like, it's like sexy Russian spies drama. Okay. It's really fun. Yeah, I like but, that. Yeah, it's got Carrie Russell, like, and um, who's her, Matthew Reese, I don't actually know how to say his name. They, like, fell in love when they were filming it. They were just so hot together. They were okay. so crazy. Your TV will explode. Your <laughs> phone will explode. But, but, <laughs> so, um, in one of the seasons, I won't spoil anything, but mm. they have, she is um, undercover as a nurse who's working with a painter who's in her last day as this painter is like dying and but is still working and so um they got um the artist Alyssa Monks do you know her she's pretty famous like in figurative realism circles um name sounds familiar yeah she's 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 got it going on she's um she's quite successful but anyhow they got Alyssa to come and like make work for the show um, that was supposed to be by this character who's a painter. And so mm. it's pretty neat. Like you get to see, and they actually show her working and painting. Um, and I read some, I read some interviews that in, I, I believe this is true that in some scenes, it's actually like Alyssa's hand, you know, mm. on the sketchbook. So it's just, you just like got to cheer for that when you see, when you see mm-hmm. a painter or a visual artist represented. Oh, she does like the paintings with the the ladies underwater and like behind glass yes, and stuff. Okay. Yes, okay. exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. So you know, really, really like emotional, mm-hmm. kind of dark. Really suited for the show. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Okay, she's got to have it. Yeah, for sure. That's yeah. fun, and I promise I, I won't criticize their portrayal of painting. I mean, I might, but it'll be it. Yeah, it'll but be there's nice, some it'll be in spots. a fun way. <laughs> <laughs> and what's cool though it was definitely inspiring like because there are some spots where i was like okay that's a cool art thing like they do do cool art things and as an artist you're like wow if i had that like that would be there are some yeah it's a, it's a really good uh like portrayal of an artist's career and you know yeah. the ups and downs um so, cool oh yeah, that's nice stuff. Mm-hmm. that's really nice thanks for the recommendation so now how's everything going out in, in, in Colorado? Are you getting ready for some shows or like what, what's happening right now? You're just building up a new body of work or finishing up the current series? Yeah. So, um, boy, everything for me really ground to a halt with COVID. Mm-hmm. I, I was, you know, was about to um, at a show that I was going to be in in Chicago, May of 2020. Um and it was a really fun show. It was this group that I work with, poets, artists, and it was like a portrait exchange mm-hmm. where we would we took another member and we'd do their portrait. They did ours. And anyhow, a whole bunch of people that I like know from Instagram that I love that I haven't met in person were going to be there. And I was really excited to just, you know, party with some artist friends. Um, and that got canceled. Um, and then that's that was really the last thing I had on my list. Um I've stopped 
I, I kind of have stopped applying to things this year because there just hasn't been a lot happening. Um, I have trouble finding a, I have trouble finding people to show this really big work. Um, you know, I, so I don't know. I need to, I probably soon since the vaccines are coming out, I need to, I've, it's in some ways it's been nice because I've had, I've been able to set aside the career part and mm-hmm. just focus on the painting. Um, that has been difficult because my kids have been home half the time, but it's, it's been kind of a nice breather to be like, Oh, I'm really not worried about applying to stuff for a while. Cause there's nothing to apply for. <laughs> um, so I know that no, now though, like, vaccines are out and people are you know things are opening back up so i'm gonna have to start getting strategic again start knocking on gallery doors which Mm -hmm. is my least favorite part i think you were we were talking on instagram a little bit you were you had something like an opportunity that didn't work out and you were like yeah i'm gonna have my 15 minutes of feeling sad and then i'm moving moving on Mm -hmm. Um, i was like yep that is the career it just is <laughs> yeah you know what's interesting Aaron is I have when I talk to friends of mine I their response to when things go wrong for me is because the and it's funny because I, I get down and they're like James you'll be all right right I'll say James you'll be all right really fast because the really? thing is no and here's what's the here's the funniest part about it Aaron is is because they understand that there's that 15 minutes and the recovery from the setback is going to be me doing something like crazy. For example, the reason this podcast started was I was trying to go on other people's podcasts and I couldn't like everyone was saying no. Right. So I was like, okay, I'll just start my own. And then we're, we're 84 episodes in. Right. I love that. I need to develop that more. Like I was listening to your um, talk with, um, sorry, who I'm going to mess up his name now. Bahamu. Oh yeah. Okay. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sorry. Like I had like a moment of panic where I was like, I'm going to mispronounce this. Yep. Yep. (laughs) But you know, he was talking about marketing himself. Like um, who was it? 50 cent guy was it 50 50 Mm -hmm. cent Mm -hmm. yeah and he was just like you know what if it's not out there i'm gonna do it Mm -hmm. man i am i am i'm pretty bad at that um but i need to get better because it's it's the only avenue you have a Mm -hmm. lot of times in art is to create your own opportunity um so yeah that's pretty cool i love that about starting the podcast and now you're on episode 84 that's you know, it can be done. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it sure can. Because all it's the thing is, is I look at it like this. Anything that you want to do, you're going to do it. Right. And it sometimes it's we need um, assistance in doing things. But other times we can do like a janky version of something and then just yeah. like keep doing it as proof of concept. And then it just gets better and better. And then eventually yes. the resources come. Yes. And that, that is really important. And that's kind of hard to act on sometimes because you want it to be like perfect out of the gate. And so, okay, so have you read this book called Art and Fear? Part of it. I've picked it up. I have not picked read it. Up. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. 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 Well, so I read it in college. A professor gave it to some college and I read it, read it pretty regularly. But mm-hmm. um, just this idea of like, 
just just start just make something and don't even worry if it sucks like mm-hmm. just take the action you know i mean i think a lot of artists we can get pretty in our heads but that's never where that 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 you don't get anywhere just staying in your head that's such a statement but Facts. you got to take that step even if it's janky mm-hmm. like even if it's not great right away mm-hmm. well and then that's also cuz it's like it's easier uh, it's easier to make a painting when you have paint on the canvas, right? Like yes. if you don't have yes. nothing on the canvas, then like that's the hardest thing. Like, but once you get that paint on the canvas, it's like, oh wait, this is that's half the battle right there. Um, Man, I'm gonna write that. I'm gonna write that down. I've heard that for writing, you mm-hmm. can't edit nothing. Mm-hmm. Like you, if you have something, even it's terrible, you can edit it. Mm-hmm. You can't edit nothing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I need to learn. I'm pretty good at, at acting that out in my own studio with like just making my work, but I need to figure out how to make that happen in my actual career. You know what I mean? Mm. I still am like, I, I still, I hate to admit this out loud, mm-hmm. but I'm still kind of scared. Like I approach galleries like, excuse me sir if you have any time Mm -hmm. would you look at this painting don't worry don't worry don't worry if you don't have time it's fine i'm so sorry to bother you i'll just go away oh man see okay i'm gonna tell you you have to take the james approach aaron see so here's the here's the james approach right here's what i did was i i said okay i'm gonna i'm gonna try to do this thing and I need I saw at first I wrote down like a list of all of the people that I knew like that would probably be good for this thing, right? Yeah. So yeah. I started asking people and then and some of the people were kind of like on my level and some of them were like a little bit more accomplished. So it was more like a favor thing, but right. it was but they understood my capability. So it's like, yeah. all right, I'm going to go ahead and do this with you because I understand your capability, right? So after cool. I worked through that, and not everybody, some people, you know, I, I tried to get in and they said no. But then after that, we pretty much worked through the list. And then came like February, I had to make a new list. And then the new list was people who I think will say no. Right. Yes. So now yes. that's what list I'm on is like the people like now it's OK. We got all the people who are who, who the yes guys. And now it's OK. Who's going to say no? So and all the now, like that's where we're at. So for you, I would say think about what galleries, you know, would say yes to you and then propose your body work to them. And you might get a solo show because they already know you. And then Uh that's going to be a lot easier. You know what I'm saying? And then like, and then if those don't work, then it's all the ones you think will say no. And you might mess around and be in Arcadia or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and like you, like we were saying earlier, the worst fucking thing that can happen is they tell you no. Mm -hmm. And I've had a lot of galleries tell me no, but nobody's been mean to me. Mm -hmm. Nobody's been like, Oh my God, I'm so offended that you even asked. You were so small and disgusting Mm -hmm. to me. You know, they're they're really nice and they say no. And then you move on. Like you don't die. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. That's exciting though, to think about like things opening back up and, and having a show again. I mean, yeah, it is. It's really, it really definitely nice. is. It definitely is. Well, and I think that the greatest part about it is like the the work that artists make before and after because it, it's definitely a lot of people's stuff has changed. You know, during yeah. this whole 
isolate and social distance yes. time and, and all of that good stuff. So it's interesting. It so really like, okay, what are you doing now? Where do you, you know, is your subject matter still the same? Are you, are you painting a little looser? Or are you like, what's happening? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I know for me, like it's definitely changed. You know, I, I, like I was saying, I, I brought the size way down smaller, like nine by 12, eight by six size. Mm-hmm. Um, and I started painting just from photographs on my phone. Like I'd print them out on my, like, you know, I didn't hire a photographer, mm-hmm. you know, I didn't, I didn't even try to, I, like I stopped trying to make it real good and printed it out and just kind of like went for it. But I did a bunch of, um, pieces. My mom, um, beginning of 2020 was in the hospital for breast cancer. She had a mastectomy. Mm. And, uh, so I had taken some just shots in the hospital, not thinking about paintings, but just like I'm here with my sisters and my mom, just kind of, I'm processing this, you know? Mm-hmm. And then at some point it was like, I think I could, I think I could work with this. And, um, you know, I don't know. And then I've been doing some more recently, even smaller pieces that, um, of just like cell phone pics I've taken. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they're a lot more, um, they're smaller, they're more, they're more raw, they're more vulnerable. They're a lot looser with technique because that's kind of where the, the only place I could get my head at. Mm-hmm. But um, you never know. I mean, galleries, a lot of times they like smaller works. They're easier to sell. So I'll probably have a few pieces I can, I can knock on doors with. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's 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 an interesting dynamic, though. Um, you know, because it's, so now on this on the topic of gallery shows before uh, COVID was hitting, were you like how was that working? Were you doing? Because I know you've had group shows, you've had some solo shows. Were you doing them like once a year or like every like alternating solo show, group show, or how was that working out? Um, I had just done, <clears throat> excuse me, I had just done my group show in on Mercer Island at this really beautiful gallery, Suzanne Zars. Um, <clears throat> and then we moved. In fact, I think we moved. It was a, I got to have a two month show. It was during the summertime. Mm-hmm. And so the, the opening, I think this is true. The opening that was in June, we were still living there. And then by July we had like moved. And so I, we came back for that opening or we went right after anyhow it was right on the verge of like when we left for denver mm-hmm. um and then i've been kind of like figuring out the galleries here in denver there's a really wonderful space a band gallery yep. mm-hmm. they have a yeah they o'neill has a my... show there in um april or no may may in, in may he has oh, a show there and in june he has a show in new york i think Okay, that's really great. I'll have to go in and see his work. I have a friend, Iana, Iana Belson, who she's showing at a bend right now. And that was actually just one a couple of weeks ago. I, they're taking them. They're not really open to the public, but mm-hmm. you can make an appointment to come in. And I went and went in and saw her work. Um, it's so funny. Um, I should probably shouldn't even say this, but like, I, I would like to have a show, a solo show at a bend at some point. I, mm-hmm. I pitched this most recent series and David, the guy who runs it was super nice. He was just basically like, you know, we, I just don't think it's for our clientele. Like we can't really sell it. Which I'm like, what do you mean? You can't sell a, you know, five foot by seven foot picture mm-hmm. of a trans person folding laundry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> who doesn't want that above the fireplace? Like I get it. Well, but um, mm-hmm. Talk- I, mm-hmm. I just, I have, I feel like I have so many friends who end up getting a show at a bend. Mm-hmm. And every time I have to have my 15 minutes where I go to Joe and I'm like, Joe, mm-hmm. guess who fucking 
you got to show it a bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not me. Damn. <laughs> okay. Like, so here's my yeah, question I, though. Cause I, I, cause I have okay. a story. I got some stories. Uh, Okay. Like, okay, so real quick, do when they do shows there, do they like, are they are their work selling or are they just uh, like, are they doing pretty well? Are they, or how's that working out? Because I know sometimes works will sell out before the show opens up or That's sometimes right. they kind of, mm-hmm. Yeah, so because I, I one of my homies are like actually uh-huh. like let me put some proper respect on this individual my good friend and artistic mentor Norberto Ramirez had a show at a bend a gallery yeah. and he's a fantastic painter and his paintings didn't really sell and he's I okay. mean like he's a fantastic like crazy painter um you know he won't come on the podcast Shasta Norberto for not coming on the podcast but anyway uh yeah, he just said that it didn't sell, and then he was like, I think that my stuff was too, what was the word that he used? Because he, he was like, I think they wanted more contemporary stuff. Like, it was too classical. That's what he said. My stuff was too classical. Um, that is so, that's really interesting. So I'm just looking at his stuff online from, mm-hmm. like, the stuff that they that have been still has. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. I can't believe that stuff didn't sell. Gosh, you just never know, yeah. right? So it like um, so I don't know if dude is looking at like he kind of knows like these are the buyers who like stuff and yes, this is kind of yes. what they like and yeah. And for me, Aaron, I haven't even entered the gallery space yet. I'm still like getting familiar <laughs> with the materials, you know, and kind of sure. like learning yeah. and 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 at this point, I feel like, uh, you know, like. I'm going to execute the plan that I was going to execute within the next few months anyway. So I'll have a body of work to actually approach a gallery with. Um, So, you know, but it's going to take a a few months to get this stuff all cooking and and done. Yeah. I I remember my college professor used to say like, your job is to work and be ready when a door opens mm-hmm. basically. And yeah. so being in the studio and getting this paintings made is, is obviously the most important part. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I think it's just, it's, it, uh, you know, something will happen. It's gotta be the right fit. I had with those, um, <laughs> I had a, a kind of crappy gallery experience a few years ago with those, um, the women and the fruit. I had a few pieces left over that hadn't sold from my solo show on Mercer Island. Mm-hmm. And this, uh, <laughs> this really wonderful, sweet gallery owner from California, um, she found my work because one of my college friends was working mm-hmm. at, at her gallery mm-hmm. and introduced her to me and she loved him. And she was she was coming into Seattle. She came and did a studio visit. She loved him. She was like, I'm gonna take all the rest of the pieces you have like four large pieces i think three uh, or four and i found a like service to ship them down to her we had a solo show set up and i was going to come in and do a gallery talk mm-hmm. i had my plane had my plane ticket bought and um she she called me like two days before three days before and was like hey we're getting a lot of pushback from the community we have to cancel your show <laughs> Because I guess she's in a pretty conservative area and her clientele hated the nudes. <laughs> and I know, I was like, oh my gosh, that that sucks. That's <laughs> like, wild. And she, yep. you know, she felt really terrible. And I was like, 
I, you know, I, what can you do? You can't like get mad at her for it. Cause, but I was, mm-hmm. I was like, you know, you probably should have thought that through. Like, mm-hmm. you know, your clientele, right, you know, right. what kind of art you should be mm-hmm. showing. Yep. So, uh, but, but she did manage to sell a couple of the paintings. I think she like said she kept them upstairs. <laughs> like they're like illicit <laughs> or something. And she would only show them to certain buyers, mm-hmm. but she sold them. Funnily enough, she sold one to a couple here in Denver. Oh, wow. So it's like, that's funny. You know, yep, anyway, that's cool. so you just, you got to find, you got to find the right fit with the gallery and the artist. Um, mm. And it'll happen um, or something will happen or I'll make my own thing. You know, we'll see. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. You're going to be all right, Aaron. You got the chops. <laughs> Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it's funny because that's a word that they really use in the artistic community. <laughs> and I like once once I kind of started messing with like painter painters, they were like, "Yeah, James, just work on your chops." That's good. See, I think of that as um, it, it's a music term too. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what people used to tell me when I was playing music. You got to work on your chops. You got chops, or mm-hmm. need to work on the chops a little bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yep. I like that. I like that because mm-hmm. that part that part is what's in our own control, right? You know a lot more than the gallery thing. Mm-hmm. This is true. This is very true. So we, we've been at it Aaron. we're hitting like a, like a buck 45 and uh, you know, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's getting serious out here. And you've given us a great portion of your afternoon. Um, is there anything that we didn't get to cover that you'd like to talk about? You know what? I think we're good. I mean, I could talk about, process and career and art stuff all day long mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's a pleasure to talk to you James I'm out here um, in the suburbs in Denver and, um, I, and even in Seattle too my husband is he works in tech and I tend to have a lot of like friends in tech and in those kind of worlds mm-hmm. and I always feel like the like secret misfit of the group because I'm not accomplished in that way and I don't have a lot of people, I don't have a lot of people to talk shop with. Mm-hmm. So um, it's just been, it's been really nice to just talk to you and have a, have a good R and BS talk on an afternoon. <laughs> really appreciate it. Like yeah. what more do you want out of life? It's the highlight of my week. Well, <laughs> and the thing is too, Aaron, is community is really important, right? Like amongst yeah. artists. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And I, and I have like, I mean, the pl- honestly, maybe this is not great, but the place that I have my artist community is, is on Instagram. And I have lots of friends that we chat and chat with, but I don't get to just sit and do it, you know, over the phone or in person too often. Mm-hmm. So maybe that'll that'll be another goal once, you know, things really open up is to meet the artists in Denver um, mm. and just start like being like, man, like, let's go out to dinner and let's talk about art. Mm-hmm. It's, it's good. Yeah, it is. It's super therapeutic. <laughs> so do you have any shout yeah. outs? Um, man, shout outs. Which, who should I shout out? It's up to you. I should, I'm going to shout out Taika Waititi because you're sexy. And I'm going to shout out my husband, Joe, because he, um, you know, he supports me forever. <laughs> That's kind of twisted, actually. Right, like right. The, ce- the celebrity I'm in love with and then my real husband. Hey, it's <laughs> Sorry, Women's Joe. History Month. Y'all getting it in. Come on, y'all run the world. Let's go. You know what? I'm really grateful for O'Neill Scott because I think he was the one that introduced me to you. And that was like 
he's such a great painter. That was a big honor to even hear you say that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, shout out to my other, since it's Women's History Month, my other painters on Instagram who support me and help me out. Um, Lee Price. Um, I have an artist friend, Jean Sabara Jones, who paints beautiful things. And she's always encouraging me and leaving great comments on my work. My friend, Danae Brown, she's Danae Brown Art. Um, she's the subject in those oranges paintings. She's fantastic. I have an artist that I'm in love with, Ophelia Andrades. She's um, from Chile. And oh my God, she's an artist that you hate. You know, you like look at her paint, the way she paints, and you just fucking hate her because it looks so easy and so natural (laughs) but she's great um i mean i could go on and on but we'll we'll end it there i won't keep you on the phone another hour and 40 minutes we love (laughs) what artists i love for real we we get dialed in for real uh yeah sure so where can they catch you at on the web um, I'm, I have my website at, well, excuse me, my website is Aaron-Mylan.com mm-hmm. and then, um, Instagram is Aaron Mylan art. That's where I'm at. And, and really quick, we didn't even talk about the, the book that you're in, um, link in her bio, go ahead and cop that, forget the PDF, cop that hard copy. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So that's a publication by poets, artists, um, and that one, that issue, the new nude, is really good. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, she got some heavy hitters for that one. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like super, super, super great artists. Um, and yeah, the reason that it's posted again, that was a couple years ago, but is because there are some issues, some digital, some digital copies of a couple of those issues that are going to the moon. <laughs> Oh, wow. <laughs> I just found out about this. There's an, it's an astrobotic. It's like the first, um, oh man, it's so crazy. It's like the first commercial, commercial lander, mm-hmm. I think is how you say it. That's um, going to the moon. Astrobotic is the company. Peregrine is the lander. And it's going up sometime this year. Um, and there's this artist, philosopher, physicist, writer, Samuel Peralta, mm-hmm. who, um, somehow was able to include a bunch of artwork on this lander (laughs) and part part of the artwork he selected were these um poets artist issues um and there are like 1500 artists represented but um i'm one of them Mm. so that's and i've always kind of been a space nerd so it's pretty pretty exciting Artwork is on the moon. So your list of accolades, you got to update these. (laughs) No kidding. I do. I feel like somebody, somebody who's in that group, he was joking. I I could feel this in my bones, but he was like, well, I can't get a show on earth, but I'm going to the moon. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But that's, it's pretty neat. It's pretty cool. Yeah. That's wild. That's wild, man. So, um, yeah, I think that's, that's about it, Aaron. We, you know, we covered it. We got to the art. We got to the BS. So, yeah. Any last yeah. words? No, this was really fun, James. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Okay. So with that, you could be anywhere on the internet, but you're here with us and we appreciate that. Catch us again next week. Same BS time, same BS channel. 
Once again, there's some shit I just thought of y'all. Scientific fiction that's not admissible in no court of law. I'm out of here like Vladimir. James Drill's over and out. I told you from the dough. I told you from the get-go. You don't got to go home, but you got to go. Art and bullshit podcast. <laughs>